Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Christians often struggle to talk about areas of deep hurt like trauma or abuse, shame or betrayal. These are deep soul wounds. Friend, Christ came to not only heal us from our sin, but from our soul wounds as well. My name is Kristen Klaus and I'm a licensed professional counselor and author. And my guest and I are here to walk with you on your healing journey. We see you and hear you. Friend, if you hang with me, apply these truths to your life, you will be on your own path to a fully restored story. Grab your coffee, tea, or favorite drink, and let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Klaus, and you're listening to the Fully Restored Podcast. I am so excited today to be joined by LaShondria Smith, who is a contributing author to the She Writes for Him Black Voices of Wisdom book that has just been released. She is the third of six interviews that we have going on, and this book is filled with powerful stories, which are all valuable and need to be spoken, written for our society and our world today. LaShondria and I first met at a writer's conference this past year. We just talked about it It was in July, and I am so blessed and honored to call her friend. She is filled with wisdom, love for Jesus and others, passion for Jesus, and God is using her mightily. LaShondria, welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. I'm so honored to have you with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Kristen. It's so amazing, and I'm honored and humbled to be here today. Um, And thank you again for having all of us authors on um, the Fully Restored Podcast. So I am excited and just grateful for this opportunity. Oh, yeah. So I know a little bit about you, but some of our listeners don't know a little bit about you. So could you tell us about yourself, the work you do in your family? Of course, of course. I am married for 18 years now to Willie Smith. He's a a veteran um, of the Air Force. I'm one of the military spouses um, that was sponsored, actually, during the Speak Up Conference, and we appreciate those scholarships we received. Um, We are the parents of four boys. We blend in the family, so we have two adults sons who are in Nebraska and South Carolina, and we're racing the last two. We have a junior and a sophomore um, in high school. So we stay pretty busy with them. I actually had an opportunity to go to a state basketball playoff this weekend in Orlando. So that's been an adventure for us and just grateful for um, what God is doing for us here in Florida. I am a 15-year career civilian with the Department of Defense, United States Air Force. We begin the career back at Robbins in Georgia. We took a leap of faith about eight years being there and went to Turkey, the country of Turkey, as a family overseas. Spent some time in Germany and then Alaska. And now we're here in Florida enjoying the beautiful Emerald Coast. So just grateful to be here. That's the family and the professional life. I have an opportunity now to work with the initiative called Preservation of the Force and Family through the Air Force. And what that does is look at the four domains of our airmen and their families, which is physical, psychological, spiritual, um, and the social family aspect. So me, um, with my master's in clinical psychology, actually doing a job I love every day and serving our airmen and their families here in, in Florida. Personally, I 
founded a nonprofit organization, Legacy of Hope International. My grandmother raised me and I always saw her serving others and being a pillar in the community. And that has stuck with me even after she passed and went to be with the Lord. And I want to continue her legacy on wherever I go. And Virtual Times has allowed that opportunity for my team and I even being in separate locations to continue to serve our communities by empowering them, educating them with um, community care issues. I also train others on facilitating Bible studies, especially for women and youth, just being able to make sure we continue to dive into God's word and grow in our walk with him and know our purpose. Then a community leader, um, my sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, I'm the chair of our youth, high school students, helping them pursue their dreams, goals, following their years of high schools and establishing plans. So pretty busy. Of course, I mentor others, but most of all, making sure that I'm blooming where I'm planted and showing God's love wherever I go. Girl, I am exhausted just thinking of everything that is on your plate. And you seem to be doing that so well. And I'm really intrigued by the preservation. Is that preservation of the family? Is that what it was? Yes, ma'am. Preservation of the forest and family. We call it POTIF. So it's P-O-T-F-F. And it's specific to the current command that I'm a part of. That's the Air Force Special Operations Command. And they saw a need because of the frequency of deployments that our airmen participate in to make sure we maintain them in all four domains, as well as their families. Yeah, well, I'm a mama of a military individual. And so that is really important to me. So whenever, that was probably why I was so perked up at some of the different individuals that were at the conference that we were at as well, because although I'm not a spouse of a military person, I am the mama of a military person. Right, (laughs) right. important. Yeah. So my heart goes to all of those. So thank you for all of your service that you do for those that are in the military and for the service that you guys, you and your husband have done over the years. It is greatly appreciated. So could you share with us a little bit about your fully restored story? Of course. In thinking about this and just asking God which direction he would have me in, I was led to The unhealthy relationship I found myself in from about eighth grade until probably the end of graduate school over a long period of time. So in that relationship, there was teen dating violence, which led into domestic violence. And where I found myself having low self-esteem, not really knowing who I was in Christ, and then even marrying my husband beginning a marriage and thinking I was ready to be the wife. And God revealed to me there are some things that he still needs to work through me and out of me. And this came on a three-day weekend on a campground in a small little town in Georgia. And the retreat was called Tres Dias, and it's three days with Jesus. And around that time, we had been married about five years, and I was on fire for the Lord, as I thought. But in that place, God showed me that there was more to him, and he had even a greater love for me than I would ever know. So listening to the stories and the life experiences, most of all, the vulnerability and transparency of the women who shared on that weekend, to know people actually talk about this. 
So growing up, most of the time in Black churches, um, we're taught and trained to give it to the Lord and leave it there. But during this trust is experience, there were women sharing of infidelity, sharing of um, living through abortions, sharing of having miscarriages multiple times, sharing of church hurt. So in that place, God allowed me to know and see that there is a place where I can be open, transparent, share, as well as gain the healing and restoration truly back to him and accepting his unconditional love. So coming out of that, my husband and I, we had a heart-to-heart conversation where we talked about the foundation of our marriages and some false truths I had given him. And I wanted to bring those uncovered so that the foundation of our marriage would be able to stand. And it was in those moments I became truly, I feel, on my path walking with Christ daily and lived a life of worship. And my worship, my worship totally changed, our marriage changed, and even my love for myself changed. So coming out of that three-day weekend where they expose us to and we experience Jesus in a different way, every morning we got up before the sun rose and spent time with the Lord. And I didn't know about meditation and devotion early in the morning. And that place, God met me every day, those three days I was on that campground. And you can constantly feel his presence. And so when I left, I wanted to know, Lord, how can I do this in my life every day? And he showed me by daily seeking him and spending time with him in worship and his word and living a life and not just believing a life. Wow. And I wonder how many people that are listening have, because you talked about a pretty large span of your life from eighth grade through graduate school. Is that what it was? Yes, ma'am. That there was a series of unhealthy relationships of teen violence and domestic violence and how this encounter, even after you were married, this three-day encounter with Jesus, how that changed you. And that just is such a, a great reminder to all of us how important retreats are because we're not distracted by our family. We have time away with God and God speaks to us and he transforms us and highlights areas in our life that need change and that we need to address. And what a beautiful transformation God has done in your life. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. It's it's all him. And when you spoke earlier, you asked or you stated, how do you do it? And I'm constantly reminded that I'm graced for this. So daily allowing God to delegate my time and trusting him. I don't believe in balance because we can't balance. So allowing God daily to delegate my time and prioritize what it is that he would have me to do. And again, yes, retreats, sabbaticals, that time away with God, oftentimes we get busy with church business, with ministry, with life. And it, it can be an attack of the enemy to keep us busy and not prioritizing what God would want us to do and walking in true obedience. Yeah, because just because we have an idea doesn't mean that's what God wants us to do. Right. A good idea doesn't mean a God idea. That's right. (laughs) So as a contributing author to the She Writes for Him Black Voices of Wisdom book, what is the message from your chapter that you'd like to share with our listeners today? And I just want to tell you, I loved your chapter. Thank you, ma'am. Leap of faith. I am chapter 20. And in that place, God allowed me to speak on the Black family. Oftentimes, the, the stereotype is that Black families aren't led by men, and there are a lot of single families, of course, but God allowed Willie and I to share our story as him being the head and me learning even in that place of isolation and loneliness to continue to submit to him. And 
the, the main takeaway from that also is that even as a military spouse, God has allowed me to find purpose and have my career. Oftentimes, speaking specifically to our military spouses, we find ourselves following our husbands or wife's careers and not being able to have our own. But chapter 20 allows hopefully the reader to see that God's timing is perfect and his purpose for your life will be revealed and manifested in his time. And the other takeaway is that God is faithful. We were in Turkey and my family departed. That's what we're revealing at chapter 20. And I had never been away from my family, but I reached out to community in that place. And that was at the chapel. We would have worship services, we'll have meals together, and we had a bit of heaven on earth because there are multi-generation racial ethnicity groups, age differences. So just a diverse body of believers in this isolated place, crying out to the Lord to keep us, sustain us, and help us understand our purpose for being there for that specific time. So those will be our takeaway. We want to be able to love, share, unite with all of our brothers and sisters of Christ, no matter race, creed, or ethnicity. And I love, you know, there's a lot that you just said there, but one thing that really stood out to me of in a place of isolation of how God met you there, because part of your story is that your family moved there and then you were there alone for a while because of some safety issues. And so that isolation of not having your family with you, who is always with you, what was that experience like for you? So the spirit experience began with me and my accountability partner and I would constantly say I'm not supposed to be here the plane left me why am I still here Mm -hmm. so that became my theme until God chasing me and he chasing me in my home and reminded me that his perfect will would be done when we came from Georgia to Turkey it was a leap of faith and so he wanted me to put my faith and trust in him and trust he would take care of my family who were now located in Germany and allow me to fulfill purpose in Turkey before he released me. So oftentimes in our walk with Christ, I've learned that God doesn't give us the next assignment until we finish the current assignment. So in those places where you feel God isn't speaking, in those places when we feel, what am I supposed to be doing next? Oftentimes we need to go back to what is the last thing that God told me to do. Amen. When I accepted accepted that, okay, LaShondra, you are supposed to be in Turkey and there is purpose for you, I began a women's Bible study there. We had meals in my homes, and anyone who knows LaShondra knows she is not the best cook. So it's comical how God uses those things we don't even think we're good at for his purpose and his glory. But my home became a Christian environment where Christian conversations and God's presence were for the women, us mothers left there who were hurting without our families. And so that's what it came from. I'm not supposed to be here to, okay, Lord, I'm still here. So what is it that you would have me to do? (laughs) So that transition changed my life because my, my faith increased. I saw him maintain, increase, and expound our family spiritually. And my boys' faith even grew. Because they were praying, Lord, bring mom back to us. Lord, bring us back together. And when God did it, he was able to manifest faith, his love, and who he was in their life, even at a young age. So it's exactly what God wanted to do. I was just resistant initially. But I am grateful because out of that experience, here we are today. She writes for him, Black Voices of Wisdom. He has allowed our story to come to life in those pages. 
Absolutely. And I'm thinking about the listeners who, because you said some, everything you said was wonderful. There's a couple of things that stood out to me is that the leap of faith, when we follow that leap of faith, it's not always easy. And to continue to walk out in obedience, that leap of faith of whatever God is leading us to do is sometimes very hard. And for you, the beginning of that, you know, when you guys, the leap of faith and you went to Turkey and then your family leaves you and you're still there. And it's like, well, wait a minute, God, this is not what I signed up for in my obedience to this leap of faith. But God knew he wanted to do a deeper work within you. And that the only way he could do that deeper work was for your family to be in Germany, you to be in Turkey, and for you to rise up into the woman of God that he called and created you to be. And you had to go through that process there. What a beautiful, beautiful, amazing story of what God has done in your life. Amen. Amen. Totally. And it was him, all him. And as you stated, when you were speaking, I thought about Peter walking on the water. And, you know, when he took his eyes off of Jesus, that's when he he sailed down into the water. And so even through my experience in that place when I was saying I'm not supposed to be here, I wasn't seeking God. I was all in Lashandria and what I wanted in my way. But once he allowed me to refocus on him and his way and his purpose, and in the end, it edified his people. So he wanted to use me as his servant, as his vessel, as his light in a dark place. So surrendering to that, that's what it took, as you stated, continuing that lead, surrendering in that place and allowing him to use me for his glory. Here we are today. I am so grateful. I am so thankful that I stopped complaining (laughs) and I began to worship. Yeah. You know, I was thinking that that leap of faith, there are times that that leap of faith is like, you know, we're just jumping off the edge into the pool. And then there's times that we're like on the low diving board. And then there's times we're on the high diving board. And then there are times that it's like we're being thrown out of a plane and saying, pull the parachute. But it doesn't matter what level you're at or what place you're at. It can be scary. And to keep our eyes, because just like the thing when Jesus was walking on water, it was about Peter keeping his eyes on Jesus and not getting distracted by the waves. But I love that in God's grace, he knows as we're stepping out in faith that at times we are going to get distracted, but he lovingly encourages us, which he did with you and got you refocused on what you needed to be refocused on and not on ourselves, but okay, God, what is it? First of all, what is it you're doing in me? And Lord, how can you use me in this circumstance? So I pray, friends, that you get that message right there, that instead of focusing just on yourself, begin to ask God, how can you use me, God, in spite of what my emotions are feeling, in spite of the situation I'm at. You've placed me here for such a time as this. How can you use me right now? And that was the transformation he did in you. And from that, now it's the book. Now it's continuing to encourage and inspire others his way. Even during the pandemic, there were people hurting Women transitioning from careers back to being stay-at-home moms, cooking, helping their the children through school, and depression, anxiety set in. So I began a, a sister friend check-in where women can speak about themselves, women issues, not the family, not the children, but get to who we are in our relationship with Christ, in our purpose, and finding our goals. So the transformation has opened doors to even greater works that God has for me now that I actually said yes and was obedient. 
And that's that ripple effect that what God does us in one season affects the next season. And it's really a preparation for the next season to where maybe if you didn't go through that season, maybe you wouldn't have thought of that sister friend check-in ministry. (laughs) Right, correct. But because of what you went through and for such a time as this, he puts you in that place where you can be used to minister to women that are struggling with transition. It's been very hard. Anxiety and depression are very high with individuals right now. You know, for me, I was in private practice for many years and I've just gone back because we're in a new state now and I'm working for another agency and we are bombarded. Like there is not enough therapist to meet the needs of everyone right now. And people are struggling and what we can share with them. So if you're struggling with depression and anxiety, what we can share with you is God is our strength and our peace and our hope. And yes, sometimes we need to get on medication. That is very important. And yes, we need to talk to somebody, but contact a counselor or contact your pastor or contact a friend and seek help because we don't want you to be struggling with this alone. And I would imagine, LaShondria, that Your group that you created really provided the place to talk, the resources and the things that those women needed that maybe they didn't need to go to counseling because they found that support in the sister friend check-in group. Right. So it became a place even now. Um, We started July 2020, following me coming out of Speak Up as well. But initially, you know, it was slow getting started because you have to build a rapport. You have to be able to trust. But now we find ourselves sending each other prayers. We find ourselves sending each other scriptures. I mean, it has become a place of support, a place where they can be encouraged, but most of all, a place where they can be themselves and truly speak of what's going on with them. And oftentimes it's hard to find that safe place. So we are grateful that we have that monthly place so we know we can come and check in and say, this is where I am. This is what I'm dealing with. And I have the end of it is just ask us. So it's any question you may experience and any thoughts you may be having. And what God has done is over the months, the person who asked the question, there is someone in the group who has gone through that exact same thing and can give them their experience. So God is truly amazing. And he just aligns us and supports us and give us everything we need to do his work. Amen. So with your life experience and where God has brought you today, what are a couple of things that you can share with our listeners as they're navigating their own journey of healing and life? So just walking through your own personal healing, talk about it. You mentioned earlier, even seeking professional help if you need it, speaking to a counselor. I believe in having an accountability partner. I've had one now for over 17 years. And that accountability partner is going to hear me out, but they're going to lead me back to God's truth. They're going to tell me when I'm wrong and they're going to bring his correction to get me back on track. So that part of healing, having someone that you know will hold you accountable, you can speak your truth to, but most of all, working on your personal relationship with God. We have church and we've seen church differently, but it's outside of the, that wall in your personal private time with God, as I mentioned earlier, me learning my daily devotion, my daily meditation to seek him and hear him. 
after those things in the crevice of my heart that I haven't worked out to get to my total and complete healing and even things that I haven't thought about in years that he begins to bring to the surface that says, LaShondria, you need to work on that. And healing is a process and we all have ours. It's no time step on it. But I think of when Jesus called Lazarus forth, when Jesus called Lazarus out of grave, he said his name. So that means he knew his name and he was speaking specifically to him. The coming forth when Lazarus was raised from the grave was him coming out of death. So that was his deliverance. But in order for Lazarus to walk in his healing, he had to come out of the wrapping that he was in. So even with us, those things that have us bottled up, those things that have us bound, we have to come out of that in order to walk in our true healing. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I'm just sitting here thinking about that. The different parts. Jesus knew his name. He delivered him by calling him out. And I love the fact that, you know, Jesus actually had to say his name because he couldn't just say, come out. Of the, of the, and everybody would have gotten up. Right. But then the wrapping and that that healing, that deep healing that God wants to do in us, that we got to let go of the grave clothes. Like we got to let those drop. And I really appreciate you sharing that illustration. So tell us about your new book and what led you to this work. So the She Writes for Him, Black Voices of, of Wisdom, I was led through that at the end of Speak Up 2020. Kenita Williams gave us a call to action. And following the call of action, she was basically expressing that we were facing some racial injustices in the world. And as Christians, we have to operate in love and extend ourselves to all our brothers and sisters and make sure we are part of the solution and not the problem. And from that call to action, Redemption Press began to do a work where they wanted um, a collaboration of all Black authors. And I received a referral from Kanita and accepted and just spent time asking, Lord, what is it that you would have me to write about? And that's when he led me, as we spoke of earlier, to this leap of faith, looking at the Black family, looking at trusting God as we walk with him and believe in his plan for our lives. So it was all because of that call to action and God's perfect timing to use Redemption Press to bless our Christian community and the world at this time. And, you know, I know it's an obvious question, but we need to ask the question because I want to hear from what your perspective, why is Black Voices of Wisdom needed right now at this time? I would say because we all have unconscious biases that most of the time we're not even aware of. Those things that a stereotype you may have or a prejudice you may have and it can come from years ago because we were all raised differently. So just being aware that they are there and knowing how do I get past this to love my brother and sister, to see my brother and sister how she really is. And again, it's all about listening. I just employ um, our listeners today, if you don't have a friend and associate, another brother or sister in Christ who's outside of your ethnic group, gain one and take time to hear them listen to what they're saying in order for us to have this unity and connectivity we need um, within the body of Christ. And also the need to remove barriers. Oftentimes we're told equality, but equality isn't equity. And so we have to determine if there is a barrier in the way as to why a certain group of people do not have the same advantages or opportunities as others. And when we are in the decision-making places, 
that we think of those things and think of that barrier that's in the way and find ways to remove it to give everybody opportunities. I love that. Removing those barriers. That's really important. And there was another point that we had talked about, and I just want to be sure that you get an opportunity to share about that because you did talk about befriending, spend time and befriend people from different groups than ours. And you talked about befriending Black people so that we can denounce those misconceptions and assumptions that we have made or have been made kind of ingrained in us since childhood and things like that, recognizing our biases that we may be in denial of. But also, could you talk about the media? And Oh, of course. So preparing, I'm currently a doctoral student. I didn't say that, but I'll share it for the world now. And trying to determine what my dissertation would be about, I had started diving into blended families and I within our military families. And in the midst of researching, there was a a HBO documentary that came on in reference to the Michael Brown case. And what that reporter did was dug up all the things that the media presented and how they presented it to showing that he was there conducting a drug deal, to showing that he laid in the road over three hours without being taken away by the coroner. So just looking at that and, and understanding how the media portrays certain stories and depict African-Americans, our Black communities, and making sure we don't buy into that. And that's the need we have by befriending with good motives and good intention African-American people, people, even Spanish people outside of our ethnic groups to get to know who they really are. Just all people, because we're in the body of Christ. It's a melting pot. We call it a gumbo, how you put all the good things in a gumbo and it's delicious. That's what God requires of us to do in the body of Christ, to truly know our brothers and sisters and not just what's portrayed in social media, in the news media, or even on the radio. Get to know a person. Listen, and we'll find that we have more things in common than not. Absolutely. Absolutely. I so appreciate. Uh, I really felt that was important for that to be shared, and I didn't want us to miss that. Thank you. So how can people connect with you online and purchase your book? So the book is currently available on Amazon for pre-orders until it's released. So anytime on Amazon, just look up She Writes for Him, Black Voices of Wisdom. I have copies now, the authors who received our copies, and so we're able to make those sales as well. So I am at LashondriaSmith.com, same name on Facebook and Instagram, and I want to offer the first two listeners who inbox me, LaShondria, L-A-S-H-O-N-D-R-I-A, Smith, on Facebook, I will give them a free copy of the book. Oh, wonderful. So the first two people. Yes, two people. That message you on Facebook. Yes, ma'am. All right. I'm writing that down so I can put that in the show notes for everyone. Amazing. Well, I have so enjoyed our time together. I wish we could keep talking forever because this has been such a powerful time. So thank you, Lashandria, for joining us today. Our show notes and all the links shared with us today can be found at my website, fullyrestored.love. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all of our shows. 
And I would love it if you could leave a review or rating as well on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Because friends, that is what makes all the difference in these grassroots podcasts getting the word out there. And please be sure to share with your friends and family, especially this series that I have going on on the She Writes for Him, Black Voices of Wisdom. I would love to stay connected with you so you can find me on Instagram or on my Facebook page. Both of those are at author Kristen Klaus. And I hope today really ministered to you, spoke life to you, maybe even convicted you. You know, a couple of takeaways. Um, First of all, we need to come out of the wrapping all the way. Second of all, the leap of faith of trusting God and not focusing on ourselves in the middle of the leap of faith, but keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus and befriending outside our ethnic group, that we are a melting pot and not to believe everything that we hear in the media or see on social media, but to befriend individuals outside of our ethnic group. And it's that type of relationships that's gonna bring change to our world and our community. Friends, thank you for joining us today. And remember, nothing or no one is beyond restoration with our Jesus.